Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome to the Crop Watch Podcast. I'm Michael Sindelar, a cropping systems extension educator. Today, I'm going to be joined with Dr. Greg Kruger, and we're going to be talking about tank cleanout. Greg, can you tell us a little bit about what you do at the university? Yes, uh, but Michael, thanks for having me on today. Uh, this is the uh, uh, first time I've done this, so it's always a, a new adventure, right? So for those uh, listening in, uh, uh, again, uh, uh, Greg, uh, I, I know he said doctor, but just go by Greg uh, in, in the office here. But uh, my focus and our research is really around pesticide applications, and we want to understand how do we really make the most out of the pesticide applications we're making. So making a good, clean application means uh, you know, uh, minimizing drift, minimizing environmental impact, minimizing crop entry, uh, and then uh, also making sure that we actually kill that pest that we're interested in. And we do that through a number of different ways, so from looking uh, at the very basic in the lab uh, where we we focus on droplet size, uh, droplet uh, retention, uh, how, how does that droplet beat up or spread out on the surface, uh, how long does it take to evaporate, all the way up to where we're using the uh, large commercial scale 120-foot uh, boom sprayers to look at how much drift is actually occurring under uh, a particular field environment. Uh, you know, we might be looking at boom height or application speed or things like that. So uh, we kind of do everything from the point where that pesticide application reaches the nozzle to the fate of that droplet in the environment. So Greg, today we're talking about tank clean out and it's not just tank clean out. This is more like, you know, your whole sprayer clean out. You know, what's, what's your first steps in, in cleaning out your sprayer after you used a product? Yeah, this is a, a subject near and dear to my heart because I, I think we often uh, get in a hurry and it's, it's no criticism, but uh, it's easy to say, okay, well, uh, there's not that much in the sprayer. It's not going to be a big deal. But the reality is that the, if, we, if we don't get that sprayer cleaned out good, uh, we run a, the risk of crop injury, uh, uh, excessive residual carryover in the soil, uh, selection pressure for resistance and things like that. So when we start talking about how do we properly clean that sprayer or, or clean that tank? Uh, first thing to do is to drain everything out of the tank. Uh, you know, we've seen situations where uh, it's, it, you know, somebody says, well, what I'm spraying is probably not going to have an impact on that next crop. And there's uh, three, four, five percent of the, the tank volume still left in the sprayer. They just go ahead and fill up and go to the next site. We don't want to do that. We want to go ahead and open up that uh, banjo valve on the side of the, the tank. Uh, drain everything out and 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 start uh, with an empty tank when we start to clean. So when you want to start to clean, uh, what are you using for a liquid? Do you start immediately with a cleaning agent or do you start with clean water when you start cleaning out the equipment? Yeah, so uh, great question. Uh, so as we progress from the, you know draining that tank, the next thing we're going to do is make sure that we've got some sort of a clean water source. Uh, we want to make sure that what we're flushing in is clean so that we're not uh, uh, continuing to recontaminate. So uh, we find that clean water source. We're going to fill that sprayer tank. Uh, we recommend 20% of the spray volume or of the, of the tank volume, but uh, that's a lot uh, to ask of, uh, of uh, folks now, especially with uh, some of these uh, sprayer tanks being a thousand gallon or more. But uh, if we can get 20% of that volume, uh, run the run the, the circulation on the tank, flush those lines uh, into the, the tank, and then start to clean. That's the best way to do it. Now, when we talk about tank cleaning, we always recommend uh, triple rinse. And again, 20% uh, hey, of the volume of the tank is ideal. If we can get 10%, I can probably live with that, but 20% is the way to go. 
on the second time I put that uh, uh, volume of water, that clean water back into the tank, I'm going to add some sort of a tank cleaning agent. There's a lot of different options out there. Some guys will just use uh, simple ammonia. Uh, some have their specific uh, uh, product that they like, a, a, a brand specific tank cleaner that might be available on the market. In my, in my mind, uh, you know, as long as we're using something, that's the way to go. We've never seen detrimental effects from using a tank cleaner in the, the sprayer. When we, when we think about that tank cleaner, uh, we always want to consult the label of the products we're using. In some cases, we'll find that uh, certain products recommend a specific tank cleaner, whether that be ammonia or chlorine or other things. Consult that specific tank product for that tank cleaner that we want to use. After that second rinse, uh, the third rinse will come back with just fresh water. Now, I always like to, if possible, uh, leave that sprayer set for a little bit of time. Uh, if we can leave it set for eight hours with that, that water and cleaning solution, that's always great because that will help pull out what's in the tank. And, and the tank materials that we're working with can really play a big role in terms of what we would expect in terms of tank cleanout. So uh, if I'm setting up a new sprayer, I always tell guys, look, uh, love to see you get a stainless steel tank. The stainless steel tanks don't have the pitting uh, that they don't tend to absorb the chemistries like some of our poly or plastic tanks will. Specifically for my guys running uh, poly or plastic tanks, if you can let that stuff set in there and kind of ruminate the, uh, over the evening or things like that, when you clean that sprayer out, that's even better. So we got the, the tank cleaned out. We're done, right? We, we don't need to worry about any other, any other parts of the sprayer or, or are we just starting? Do we need to, to focus on other parts where some of that pesticide residue may be lurking? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Michael. Um, as we start thinking about that, when I mean, we've gone through now how to clean that tank really well, uh, don't forget that we've got nozzles, screens, filters that all are, are potential traps for uh, uh, chemistry. If we're spraying dry chemistries in particular, uh, uh, atrazine or things like that, we tend to see those sediment out in the spray booms, uh, particularly if we're running uh, hoseless booms. So it's really important when we start thinking about those, go ahead uh, when you're, you're doing that, uh, that triple rinse, pull those screens off, uh, wash those down, flush any uh, liquid that's in those uh, filters and, and screens out, pull the tips off and, and drain uh, what's in the lines. And then most of our sprayers today, Michael, have some sort of express end cap or some sort of a cap on the end of the boom where we can pull that off and completely drain everything out of the boom. Uh, usually just takes a few minutes, but that extra few minutes to pull that apart is invaluable in terms of making sure that we get all that chemistry flushed out of the sprayer. So how does hose material play into this? Or is there anything we need to, to consider with that? Because you talked about tank material. How important is uh, hose material in helping us clean out faster? Or are, are there certain materials and hoses that we need to pay more attention to? Yeah, so this is a uh, really fascinating work uh, that was done by Mississippi State, looking at how different materials, uh, hose materials will uh, play a role in terms of clean out. And what they found is you, it's kind of uh, like the old saying goes, you get what you pay for. With the hoses in particular, you get what you pay for. So uh, what they see is that the, as we get into some of the more expensive hoses, they, they have less pitting or little pores uh, in that, that hose material and they become easier to clean out. So, so those polyethylene jacketed hoses, uh, uh, the blue hoses that we see out there, they're gonna be the most expensive, but they also have the least pitting and will clean out the best in terms of material. 
Uh, and as a, as a general rule, the cheaper the hose gets, the, 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 the more residue that, that's going to get trapped in those hoses. So certainly if I'm setting up a new sprayer, or if I'm, I'm, I'm re-plumbing an, an old sprayer, here's a chance to spend just a little bit of extra money to make sure you got something that cleans out a, a lot better. So I know when you're talking about cleaning out the different components, you kind of use an example of what to look for, for dry products. Are there any other like tips or tricks to, to pay attention to with different chemistries to, you know, uh, use an X chemistry, we need to pay more attention to this component. Oh, yes. Uh, that, that's the fully loaded question, right? So, okay, when do I need to pay attention to tank cleaning with the whole time? Uh, and the, the reality is that we want guys to, to pay attention to the tank contamination every time. Uh, but the really understanding what you are spraying and what your next uh, uh, job is going to be are, are the two critical pieces. So, for example, uh, if I'm spraying a, a Roundup Ready soybean field and I'm going into a Roundup Ready corn field, uh, even if I'm not intending to spray Roundup, uh, a little bit of contamination is not going to be an issue here. However, uh, and particularly, uh, and, and Michael, you know probably as well as anybody, the, the, the last few years we've had lots of issues with dicamba. My contention is that one of the biggest drivers in terms of all the symptoms that we've seen from dicamba showing up on soybeans is just a simple, uh, uh, you know, we've got tank contamination. It takes very, very little uh, residue from uh, dicamba to cause symptoms on soybeans. There, if we don't, if we're going from uh, spraying dicamba and corn or spraying dicamba beans into non-dicamba soybeans, all of a sudden uh, we've got one of those examples of where we've got something very sensitive uh, to uh, small uh, re amounts of residue ca caught up in that sprayer that are going to cause us some issues down the road. So it's really about understanding the, the chemistry that we're applying and where what we're going into next. So uh, there's a lot of different uh, tracks that we can track down there, but it's really uh, uh, one of those where most applicators, uh, particularly here in Nebraska, dealing a lot of corn and soybeans. Uh, a lot of the chemistries that we've been used to using over the last 20 years are, are glyphosate-based programs. And uh, we've had, for the most part, and uh, there are exceptions to the rule, uh, very little to worry about in terms of residue carryover. As I start thinking about, particularly uh, as we go into the 2021 growing season and beyond, uh, the trait packages are getting much more complex. We're seeing guys that are going to 2,4-D. We've got Liberty Link soybeans out there. We've got Roundup Ready soybeans out there. We've got the Dicamba soybeans out there. So we've got all these different trait packages. And so understanding if I'm spraying tool for one trait package, I'm moving into another one. I, I want to be very careful because there's a high probability that if I've got a little bit of 2,4-D in the tank, uh, that could lead to contamination issues on the dicamba beans, vice versa. If there's a little dicamba and I'm going into 2,4-D resistant beans, uh, that could cause issues. So uh, as we go forward in time, uh, I, I'm afraid uh, this is one of those where it's going to get more sophisticated and more challenging than what it's been the past 20 years. So, <laughs> yeah, so you're saying there's going to be a, a challenge coming up, uh, but also you're, you're, you're saying is you know, cleaning out that tank could be one way to come around that challenge to not have that residue or that off-target spray on those crops, even if it takes a little bit more time. Absolutely. I mean, I tell guys, look, if, if we can figure out how to walk on the moon, we can figure out how to, how, to, how to make a good, clean application. Part of that good, clean application comes from making sure that we take time to clean out that sprayer. Uh, to properly clean a sprayer, yes, it does take time. Uh, I think 
to, to, to go through that triple rinse procedure uh, that I, I, we, we just described uh, could easily take a guy two to three hours, depending on how many nozzles and, and uh, tip screens he has and all that. But in terms of protecting uh, the crop that we're going to be spraying, uh, protecting the, the, the crop protection tools that we have available to us today, uh, that's a pretty minor investment in the long run. Well, in a way, um, going through this is also protecting that grower too from, you know, damaging their own stuff by accident. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we don't want to set up a situation where the growers are, 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 are hurting themselves. Uh, you know, um, if my livelihood depends on uh, that crop that I'm harvesting, I don't want to take a chance on a little bit of residue potentially causing either uh, some sort of symptoms or, or, or observable injury to that crop or uh, more importantly, uh, any kind of yield loss that might come from that. And we've seen situations like that happen. I, I tell everybody uh, in terms of tank contamination, we kind of went through how to clean that sprayer down, but the, uh, I really want folks thinking, okay, anything that come in contact with that chemistry is a potential source and that could lead to uh, some sort of uh, an economical loss on my farm if I'm not uh, cognizant. So for my guys out there that run hot loads, uh, that means the tender truck has to be cleaned out for folks that use uh, or, or reuse mini bulks, uh, make sure that if you're reusing a mini bulk that you've got it clean good before a new chemistry goes into it. If I reuse those two and a half gallon jugs uh, out in the field, uh, uh, make sure that gets cleaned out good. Uh, if I've got an adduction system, the hoses and things like that that are going into the sprayer uh, uh, need to be cleaned out uh, well. So I always tell guys to, you know, if you want to make sure you've really protected yourself as much as possible, you got to think of all the different points where that chemistry could have come in contact with something that might be used in the process uh, on down the road. Right. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us, Greg. Do you have any uh, crop watch articles or any uh, articles or guides that uh, could help with people that may have questions along this that you could direct them to? Yeah, so there's a, a number of different resources out there. Uh, the, there are uh, uh, some crop watch guides uh, in the in the weed control guide. And I know a lot of my folks out there have a, a weed control guide. There's information on cleaning the sprayer out in, in there. there. There's a couple nub guides out there that uh, talk about the, the tank contamination and, and, and sprayer clean out. And then uh, the one I'll tell you, and Michael, is, and this has kind of popped up on us over the last couple of years because of the dicamba that we started mentioning, but Dicamba's taught us a lot about the importance of tank clean out and how uh, much really can get held up in that sprayer. If you check out some of the dicamba training materials and things like that, that we've uh, made available online, uh, that will have dicamba specific tank clean out stuff. But uh, really, uh, those stewardship practices are going to be good for any kind of uh, a sprayer clean out situation. Sounds good. Uh, any other resources that you would like to direct the uh, listeners to before we uh, end the program? Yeah, so this is a, a little more uh, general, but the, uh, and I'm going to take just a, a brief second to tell guys uh, we've got a lot of good information even beyond uh, tank clean out. Uh, visit our website, it's PAT, which is short for Pesticide Application Technology, .unl.edu, and you'll see all of uh, uh, the, the, the things that our lab is currently working on in terms of pesticide applications as a whole there. Well, thanks for joining us, Greg. I hope you have a good growing season. Michael, it was a pleasure. I appreciate you guys having us on. Mm -hmm.